Looking to create your best self, whether it's good for you lifestyle hacks, smarter ways to supplement or tasty tips to fuel optimal health. Talk Healthy Today provides you the latest research tools and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy starting today. Hi, I'm Lisa Davis. So glad you're listening to Talk Healthy Today. I am absolutely in love with doing this podcast. I would be thrilled if you rated, reviewed, and subscribed to the podcast. Now, on to the show. Joining us now is the wonderful Matt Peel. He is the author of The Athlete in the Game of Life, Stretch, Strengthen, Live, and Thrive. Matt, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you. Thank you, Lisa. I'm glad to be here. In your book, Matt, in the introduction, we meet Howard. All right, tell us a little bit about Howard and how uh, he's not super excited because there's some other stuff going on. Howard the Executive, who um, in my YouTube videos that I'm starting to make on my YouTube channel, I'm trying to embody Howie and channel my my inner Howie uh, (laughs) about it so that people can relate to what he's going through. And that's why I think is great about the book. It, it kind of tells a story of a person in their early forties or mid forties who was maybe that athletic when they were younger or active and, and wants to stay active and his mind is still active. And, and I know it's a talking he, but it really can be anybody, you know, even it doesn't really matter. And, and now they realize as they're working from home, as life has changed and they don't have the same maybe get up and go that they used to have. They have back pain, their necks hurt, their shoulders are tense all the time. They can't do the things that they want to, or maybe they've tried it and they've gone out and played that uh, pickup soccer game you know, with their kids, you know, parents first kids. Pretty much everybody has done that. And so the next day, the parents like, oh, Jesus Christ, I, I hurt. What happened to me? I used to be able to do this like last year. Hey, no, it wasn't last year. It was like, 15 years ago, maybe. So that's what Howie kind of embodies is that. And then as you go through the book, you know, Howie gets a little bit older, but the same things, you know, now Howie's, I think, in his 60s or maybe in his 70s. I forgot what part of the book. And in this, those changes that he even looks back when he's 40 and goes, oh man, I was just a young whippersnapper <laughs> at 40. But now that he's in his 70s, there's even more decline. That just naturally happens. And what can we do to help reduce it? Because you're never going to prevent decline. But how can we reduce it so you can enjoy life a little bit better? Yeah, I like how you write. Staying healthy isn't hard in your mind because you don't think you're really doing anything to your body that can hurt you. Maybe you sit and work at your computer most of the day or you sit with your laptop on your legs and work that way. You probably use your smartphone heavily throughout the day to check on texts and emails as well as your social media. You know, growing up stuff. There's nothing demanding in doing any of that. So there's nothing to worry about, right? Not so right. I love that. Expand on that for us. Not so right. You know, overuse injuries, people think overuse injuries means maybe I'm in motion. You know, I'm, I'm doing something repetitive, you know, hammering, let's say, for example, just hammering down, hammering down. But overuse injuries are also sitting, right? Non-movement. And then when we try to get up and have movement and we can't stand up straight and that's when the back hurts or when we bend down to pick up, um, you have a dog, right, Lisa? I think yes, two. Yeah, two. So when you go to Petco and you bend down to pick up a bag of dog food, 
you can't actually bend down and squat. So you just kind of hinge down with your back, right? And now this is, I see it all the time. And now people are using their low back to pick up that 20 pound bag of dog food because they don't have the range of motion in their hips, the flexibility in their quadriceps to actually squat down. Let me use my legs and pick up something simple. And, and that's where the overuse of being sedentary can lead to big injuries and problems for something that you take for granted on a weekend shopping trip. I'll give you a little story because I would like stories um, about my, my grandmother who is in her, how old is she now? 94? I think she's 94. And she has, you know, non dementia is coming on, uh, you know, getting gets lost easily. Sometimes the conversation is repetitive. But from a physical standpoint, for her age, she's strong as an ox. And her health is, her physical health is really not declining very significantly. And it all stems from how she treated herself in her 60s and then in her 70s by walking a lot, um, going to a senior center for exercise. Did she watch what she eat? Moderately. You know, not, nothing outrageous, uh, but we'll say moderately. And now that she's in her 90s, walking, at least getting around the block is so ingrained in her that she's going to do it at all costs. Uh, <laughs> even if she gets lost and doesn't find a way back home necessarily. Uh, maybe some of your audience out there has a relative who's done that. But it's she's still active. And, and that's helped her maintain this health in her 90s. So what can we do is just really small things. And that's what kind of what I talked about in the book. It's not let's go out and say, I'm going to run a marathon. You know, one of the terms I'm using right now is like reject the resolutions. Because right? everybody has these grandiose resolutions that are that are out there. And they never accomplish them. They're done by January 5th when they haven't dropped 45 pounds or, you know, can walk four miles uh, without dropping debt. So... Let's change this and make some small, simple changes to your life. Let's add a little stretching, a little strengthening to the corresponding weak muscles. And I talk about that in the book. And then from there, once you feel a little bit better, now let's take another step. Now let's say, okay, well, well maybe I do want to get back in the gym. Or maybe I do want to play golf again. I haven't played golf in a long time or tennis or you know, go on this hike up the hill that I thought was impossible um, and take the dogs, you know, take the daughter and, and, and let's go on this two and a half mile hike. You know, I think what happens with some people is that they will have these aches and pains and they might be nervous that, well, what if I do too much ex exercise or I do it wrong, then I'm going to make it worse. Like I have something called pesasmary bursitis in my right knee area. I have tennis elbow in my left elbow. Now I'm still doing Pilates twice a week. I, I am lifting lighter weights because I'm trying to be careful. Um, I do do some PT leg exercises and I think if you just kind of say, well, I'm in pain, I'm not going to do anything, it gets worse, but you also don't want to do too much. So you mentioned in your book that people said that you're a CES. CES, yes, as a corrective exercise specialist, correct. Right. Yes. And that's different than just going to talk to your personal trainer. So talk to us about why it's important. Let's take a, a squat, for example. We'll go back even to that dog food example. Right? If your muscles are so tight and weak that you can't squat down to pick up a bag of dog food, how are you now going to put 135 pounds on your back and do a proper squat? You, you can't. And you're just a ticking time bomb for injury. So working with someone like me, a corrective exercise specialist, is going to do a movement assessment, number one. Um, and then we're going to analyze 
why can't you squat properly? Why do you have a lot of forward lean? Why can you not bend your knees? Why do you lean over so much and hinge at the hip and not keep your back straight? And then we're going to stretch and strengthen the right muscles because typically people are stretching the wrong muscles or really they're not even stretching at all. And so they can't fire their glutes, for example. They can't activate those in conjunction with their quadriceps to squat properly. And therefore, they're going to squat more. They're going to be able to squat heavier. And, and again, heavier is relative. It's not saying 500 pounds. You know, it's maybe 95 pounds. But do it without hurting themselves. And that's that's the key thing. And that's what Howie was talking about, too. You know, I, I'm not, as Howie's not necessarily trying to do a 405-pound squat maybe anymore like he did when he was 25. You know, but he'd like to get in the gym and feel better about himself and, and put a little bit of muscle tone on him. Maybe gets a little bit more attractive to a significant other, you know, in the process and feels better about himself. And, and that's really what being an athlete in the game of life is all about. I think once you get into your 50s, it's like, OK, I want to feel better. Let's talk a bit about neuroplasticity. You have some interesting information in the book. Tell us about neuroplasticity and how this so neuroplasticity is just the brain's ability to reorganize itself or organize itself in the first place with the neural pathways. And the brain is very plastic at two points in time in life. One, youth, when kids are learning, learning how to walk, learning how to talk, learning how to do math, learning how to play instruments, things at, at that point in time. And then actually as older adults into our 60s, when now we're like my grandmother, who is trying to fight off Alzheimer's, trying to fight off dementia, natural cognitive decline. And we can relearn, teach the old dog the same old tricks. Balance is one of them, right? We lose balance as we get older. Even kids actually aren't balancing because they're sitting around too much all the time. Um, but relearning balance, relearning strength, relearning these movements to help with their posture, to help them feel better and get stronger and, and, and stable. And the only way neuroplasticity works is through elevating your heart rate through exercise. There's no pills. There's no potions. There's, there's no crossword puzzles out there that help neuroplasticity as like elevating your heart rate. Really? I've never heard that before. I'm really surprised. Correct. And it's through doing also complex movements of exercise. So back to the squat, a squat is a complex movement because it has, has multiple joints moving at the same time, incorporating multiple muscles at the same time. That's what a complex movement is. Um, like a single joint movement, for example, like doing a bicep curl, right? That's not complex. You only got one muscle working, maybe two. So we want to do movements that challenge us, not unless you put us in injury position, but that are challenging, incorporating multiple muscles at the same time that will help rebuild brain cells. Um, kind of taking a little further. So there's something in our brain called BDNF1. I don't know if anybody's heard of that before. Bio derived neurotrophic factor one. It's a big mouthful, I know. And what that is, is that is triggered when we elevate our heart rate to build brain cells in our hippocampus. And the only way that's done, again, is through elevating the heart rate. How you choose to elevate the heart rate is up to you. But that's what helps to push off cognitive decline, Alzheimer's, um, dementia, helps kids do better in school on tests, you want to feel alert. You want to get ready, get your brain primed. Don't do that uh, crossword puzzle. Get your butt around the block. That's what's going to do it for you. That's what's going to get these kids to have better, higher test scores. Don't cut out PE and recess. Send them outside and do it 
right before they take these tests. Then they're going to have a increase in uh, test course. Oh, that's incredible. You know, in chapter three, aging and active, we see how Howard's doing in the future, which we already talked about, which isn't so great. And you talk about some of the effects of aging. You talk about your cardiovascular system, your mind, and you talk about fear. Talk to us about that. When we get older, we become, um, we don't want to take as many risks overall. Let, let, I'll use the analogy of a race car driver. When race car drivers are in their 20s, early 30s, right? They take the risks and they hit the hole, even if there's a hole not there on the track or to make a pass, they go for it. When they start to get into their you know, late 30s, right around 40, they feel that they're not going to hit the accelerator to make that pass. They're going to put themselves in that position. And it's the same thing when we get older. We're not going to challenge ourselves. We're afraid of being hurt, so we do nothing. And that inactivity is actually what ends up hurting ourselves, just like you were saying with with your bursitis and things like that. I'll just sit here. That way I don't injure myself and it'll go away. No, that's (laughs) the exact wrong advice. So that's why I'm talking about fear in that regards. Yeah, that makes sense. Let's look at the five kinetic checkpoints. There is checkpoint number one, feet and ankles. Number two is knees. Number three is LPHC. You'll have to tell us about that. Uh, number four is shoulders and thoracic spine. And number five is cer- cervical spine and head. And people should definitely get your book so they can get more into this. So the, the checkpoints really are just the major joints of your body. And the body is interconnected with something called a regional interdependence. So if you have an injury in one part of your body, like your feet and ankles, then your other parts of your body have to compensate for the lack of mobility, flexibility, and strength in those areas by doing things that they're not really meant to do. Um, For example, feet and ankles, when we're doing a descent on the squat, if there's not mobility in that, we're going to begin to lean forward which can then bring the bar forward, which can bring the weight forward and not allow us to use our glutes, not allow us to be balanced, and now we can fall. So making sure that our feet and ankles are stretched and mobile and flexible, not just stretching the calves, but strengthening the shins on the front, that's going to get us to having good proper position so we can go down on descent. And, And that's a common area where people can't. They think, well, it's, I don't know, maybe in my hips. Well, it more than likely is probably actually in your feet and ankles. Um, And then when you move up to your knees, your knees can be in pain as a result of your feet and ankles not working properly in that same mobility. You know, they draw in together when you're doing a squat uh, or maybe they push out because you can't get your feet lined up. So your knees kind of pop out with your toes pop out and then your knees pop out. And then your LPHC is your lumbo-pelvic hip complex. Basically, your hips and your low back, right? Tons of problems there. Number one cause of back pain, right? Why? A lot of it because we're sitting. And then we go get up. We don't have the strength in our glutes and hamstrings, and like we talked about before, and now we pull up with our low back instead of using our legs. Um, Then you move up to your shoulders and your thoracic spine, and that really comes into play when we're sitting at a computer and we're hunched over or we're staring down at our devices and everything is rounded. And then we just kind of stay that way. And then we can't sit up all the way with with good posture and and a straight back. And we just kind of stay hunched over and hunched over and now go years on into it. And you see the old man and the old woman that are all hunched over 
and they may look cute, but they don't feel cute. They hurt. They hurt a lot. So talking about your head, you write, at a 15-degree angle, your head puts 27 pounds of pressure onto your neck. At a 30-degree angle, it's 40 pounds. At 60 degrees, it's 60 pounds. That's a lot. Uh, Yeah, that's a whole heck of a lot. That's a lot. And how does that happen as we're staring down at our phones, right? And we're at that angle all day or even, right, looking at our computers, right? Where is that computer screen in relation to your neck? And that's why we want to have it as up as possible so we're not staring down. And same thing, over time, that head begins to move forward. And so then that can cause shoulder impingement, tension headaches, and migraine headaches. It's not necessarily the stress that's in your life, but it's your muscles and they're tensing up and around your nerves and around your spinal cord. And it can even lead to compressed discs. So that's why we want to keep that head try to keep it neutral as much as possible with our ears in line with our shoulders. That's the optimal goal. Exactly. Even if you have a double chin. (laughs) Even if you have a double chin. Now you've got in the book, three secret tips to reduce back pain. The secret number one is stretch the hip flexors, not the hamstring. Mm -hmm. Secret number two is open yourself up. And secret number three is flatten the curve. So when you say strip that, uh, excuse me, stretch the hip flexors, I know there's no video and not the hamstrings. Can you kind of describe how you would do this? Because I stretch my hamstrings a lot and and I don't know if I'm stretching my hip flexors or not. So I want to make sure I'm doing this right. So when we're seated, I'll give the rationale real quick. When we're seated in a position like, like we are right now, our hamstrings are in a lengthened position naturally. Our quadriceps and our hip flexors, which are you know right above the quadriceps, are in a contracted position. So when we go to stand up, like after a long drive, for example, we stand back and then we want to reach down and stretch and touch our toes. Stretching is lengthening. We're lengthening an already lengthened muscle, which then pulls us even more out of whack. So what we need to do is actually stretch your quadriceps, and your hip flexors. So how can we do that? Well, we can do the typical runner stretch, right? So we're standing, we grab an ankle, you know, try and bring that your foot back towards your, your butt, hold it, and keep your legs parallel with each other. That's one. Another thing is just a lunge stretch. So we're going to get into a, a lunge position with your front leg bent at a 90-degree angle and try and push that back leg, keep that straight and push that back as far as possible, but also keeping our back straight. We don't want to lean over into it because now we're just contracting our hip flexors again. Well, that makes a lot of sense. All right. What is open yourself up? Secret number two. Open yourself up is your chest and your shoulders. That's what we were talking about. Yeah, I'm doing it. It's very simple stretches. Find uh, a corner uh, on your wall, put your arm at an L, Make sure that you're standing up tall and have the forearm right on that wall and then just lean forward. Now, don't lean hunched over forward. Still keep good posture and lean forward and you'll feel a stretch right on the top of your chest. Right? That's how we're going to stretch that. And the way to strengthen that is to do something called a scapular retraction or basically we'll stand up nice and tall. We're going to put our arms, thumbs up kind of on top of our quadriceps. And then we're going to raise them up at about a 45 degree angle from our body. Yep. So if 90 is all the way to the side and then 90 is all the way to the front, about 45. Okay. Again, head up, chin tucked in. You can get some five pound weights or three pound weights. 
and just raise them up and you'll feel it in your upper back. And that's how you strengthen to help keep you open. All right. And secret number three, flatten the curve. Flatten the curve. Uh, again, now, you know, head and neck. Right. So we want to do something called a, a wall angel. And what we can do for that is we're going to stand up nice and tall. We're going to put our feet right flat against the wall, head back against the wall, arms up nice and tall. And then we're just going to bring our arms down, trying to push our elbows back against that wall. It's going to feel like your spine is being ripped out of you. And, and that's a good thing, right? That's, it's not a good thing we're feeling that, but that's where all the tightness is. And so we keep that open. We'll just bring it down. We'll hold for a couple seconds. Then we'll push those arms back up tall. Then we'll slowly bring them down again. Keep that open and then push them right back up again. So for people who are already experiencing some pain or they might know they have scoliosis or one leg is a teeny bit shorter than the other or they're already having imbalances, I think especially it's important to work with someone like you because you can make it work worse if you just go to the gym and just keep making your imbalances worse. Yeah, you exacerbate the problem. And if you're if you don't have the knowledge, then you don't know. You don't know why I'm hurting. And that's really what a CES like myself does. That's, let me help impart the knowledge upon you so you can make these changes. I get it. People don't stick with me forever. That's how it goes. That, that's client business overall. But if I can give you the tools through this, the time period that we're together so that you can then continue on with that. Because also, if you don't change what you're doing exercise-wise after four weeks, your body gets used to it. And you don't have the same results. You don't burn as much calories. You don't get the strength. Um, your body just kind of yawns and goes, oh, <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm done before I started because you're not challenging me. You have to challenge yourself mentally and physically. And, and that's when you see your results. Do you ever work with someone where they're really surprised that you're like, wow, your quads are so much weaker than your hamstrings? Because they, they feel great. Maybe they're young. I'm guessing maybe some of that stuff doesn't really start to feel it until they're in their 40s, maybe. But if you can tackle it earlier, like my daughter's only 16 and I've already got her working with someone and she's been doing these exercises and she's already sitting up straighter after four weeks because she does them every day. She's super dedicated and I'm on her, trust me, <laughs> to make sure because I don't want her to end up one of those older ladies all hunched over because at 16, she's already hunched over. Right. But so I think if you can nip it in the butt, I'm just curious, though, how what you've seen with your clients. Yeah, I work with teens, too. I, I In fact, oh, I got a teen client here in, in about an hour. Um, and they're in the same position, especially now work, being schools closed and they're at home all the time. So they're in the same little position that someone that, that Howie is. So it's now it's Howie Jr., right, is, is in the same deal. So how do they know? You, you don't because you're just doing what comes you feel is natural for that movement or to push that load. And that load, again, can be um, a weight bar. That load can be the bag of dog food. You know, whatever your body is going to incorporate, whatever muscle it can to move it efficiently. Our bodies want to be as efficient as possible and, and honestly want to move as little as, as, as possible for whatever that you're doing. So if you're, you, if you can't squat down because you're so tight in your hamstrings, well, the, their body's just going to hinge you over to pick up that load, whether it's healthy or not, that's all that you can do to move it. So yeah, I see it all the time. People don't realize how weak their hamstrings are and or how tight their quadriceps are until I put them in a position. They go, oh God, I didn't realize that. Well, you know, it's embarrassing because I mean, I walk my dogs 45 minutes a day. 
I mentioned I do the Pilates, I do some weight training, I do the stretching. I was my my uh, uh hold on my IT bands were so uncomfortable for like two days after doing the squats. I realized I hadn't done squats in ages. And I figured, well, I'm doing all this other stuff. So I was pretty taken aback. But listen, it, it opened my eyes. So thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and IT bands are typically tight and they are very tight. Mine are so tight. They take over for what's called our glute medius, which is really just the side of our butt cheek. Okay. So when we're trying to bring our leg out to the side for anything, if our IT band is so tight because it's used so much, it takes the place of actually your glute medius. That's why. Yeah. I've been told I have very weak glute meds, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I work on them and it's, it is, they are getting better. It's interesting how different things will take over for a weak muscle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The, the body's going to do it on its own. You, you don't have to think about, well, let me use my right, IT band to do this. Yes. Take <laughs> over. That's the good and bad about the human body and, and the brain and the nervous system. So we do have to override those to relearn how to activate these muscles properly, which takes time. Doesn't happen once, doesn't happen twice. And then once it becomes habit again, that we are activating the muscles properly, then all of a sudden we see, oh, wow. I kind of feel better. And I had a client this morning tell me, she goes, you know, been training with me here for how long has she been? Almost 10 weeks. And she said, yeah, I'll tell you what, my, my posture is so much better. I feel stronger in my abdominals and my, and my core. Um, we're working on our strength and you know, she'll lose weight along the way uh, if she does some other changes. But overall, just how she's felt that much better just from the exercises that we're doing and the stretches that, that we're doing in conjunction with a regular full workout. So maybe someone at home is is going to listen to this say, oh, now I got to abandon my entire workout and start all the way from scratch. No, you don't. These are just little changes in part of your warm up or maybe your cool down or part of a routine that you're doing that you can incorporate with in addition to your normal stuff. So it's not a complete overhaul, start from scratch, I'm done. Let's wait for 2022. And that, that's, <laughs> that's not what it's about. It's the little changes, just like with, again, with Grace grocery store or weight loss, right? You don't have to throw everything away at your house. Right? Just this week, hey, don't buy cookies. I like that you said that about not having to start from scratch. But I think what's so vital is that if somebody does have super weak glute meads and everything, and they're wondering why their IT bands are tight all the time, you can come in and just add some glute meat exercises to their overall program that might be fine for the rest of their body if their body's in balance. So I think it's great. So Matt, how do we learn more about you and work with you and get your wonderful book? Right. So you can go to my website, mattpeel.com. It's P-E-A-L-E.com. Right on the top banner, you can order the book or you can go to Amazon directly. Either way, uh, makes no difference to me. Uh, also, my website is about my coaching programs. Also, develop a corporate one, deal with corporations. And then I just have a, a monthly program that gives great information every month uh, about healthy, active lifestyle, um, corrective exercise. How can you incorporate that into the things you enjoy most? You can download uh, the free report about back pain and get a chance to win a free autographed uh, copy of my book. Nice. When you download it, yep. You can go to my Facebook page, Athlete in the Game of Life. Um, on my website will also be posted, obviously, this interview when it comes out. Uh, Twitter is Matt Peel. And then LinkedIn is also, I think, uh, Matthew Peel. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you so much. You can find me on social media at Lisa Davis MPH. Thanks so much for listening.